0: Good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are. Uh, this is your man, El Jamal. Uh, of course, this is another edition of Never Out of Bounds, but we're going to be doing a little something different today. Uh, over, the, over the course of the week, I've been uh, talking about a series I wanted to do about the history of immigration in this state of California that I live in. Uh, I figured I would start off with this state here uh, because, A, I live here, I I've seen a lot of things related to that here. I've experienced a lot of things related to that here. Not necessarily directly, uh, but through, well, let's just be honest with you. This population here is uh, majority Latino. Uh, Some of them are illegal. Some of them are legal. Uh, Through the course of that, they, regardless of that, they are human beings. And as with any other human being, you develop personal, uh, interpersonal relationships. Friendships, classmates, work, uh, co-workers, extended family—even in a lot of cases. So I—I feel as as I needed to take my time as I should have. I took my time. Uh, got got. Got the right information that I wanted uh, there was a, there was a direct message that I wanted to hit on with this series and it'll be a few episodes because I really wanted to break things down to you guys uh, really about the historical uh impacts that's going on from this right now uh really what's been going on you know since this whole state not even a state uh yeah but specifically even this state uh, became to be uh, this has been a big uh topic this has been a big uh and and mind you now California is a a liberal state a left-leaning state uh, but because of that it well bec- it's also a sanctuary city a sanctuary state uh, for all uh, immigrants uh, but you know because of that it put it puts this state on on the battlefront in terms of dealing with uh, anti-immigration or a staunch uh, harsher uh, regulated immigration policy, uh image administration such as the Trump campaign. Uh there's already been instances in which uh, uh certain instances in which California funding, at least federal funding, uh had been cut because of its choices to be a sanctuary state. Uh as well as city as cities as Oakland and San Francisco also faced uh actually uh cuts in federal funding as well within Trump's first year in office. So this is a very uh serious uh issue here. And uh for one uh, it, it made me aware to something. Uh, America is a land of many, many dichotomies, many paradoxes. Well, for one, it says all men were created equal. But we saw throughout uh, the moment that that piece of paper was written, at least through 150 years afterwards, men were actually enslaved. Then afterward, that Sangu were men, and of course his women, and therefore his offspring, uh, were therefore discriminated against and also segregated against. You also heard uh, throughout history, in certain are great words and passages, you'll hear words of "Bring me your tired, your poor, uh, those willing to fight or willing to, you know, to gain uh, their their prosperity, gain their opportunities in America." Yet we've seen, especially now with this wall, with these new immigration laws targeting certain uh, Arabic countries, that we're picking and choosing who we want our tired and poor and our wretched to be. We want to pick and choose who we want to succeed in our country. Is that, is that what we're doing now? One thing I will tell you is America is about the idea of opportunity. The idea of opportunity brought millions of white settlers to these, these states, such as Texas, Colorado, California, Oregon, via the Oregon Trail, via the old Spanish Trail, via the California Trail, in order to start a new life. Not fully knowing that they would have to take this land from other groups of people. Well, they probably knew fully well, but I guess that was all part of the plan, right? That's what you're uh, you have been given the right to do. It's funny how we've come to a point now where we need a Southern wall to control uh, immigrants from Guatemala, Central America, when it's the European immigrants that are sneaking in out of here that are rigging the elections in favor of our politicians. Far as I know, uh, An Asian wasn't uh, Asian was not tried and uh, convicted for interfering in our elections. Wasn't an African, wasn't a Nigerian. We've all heard about them being artists. if I'm not mistaken. Wasn't a Mexican. We have all these different, you know, derogatory words we could say and all these different thoughts when it comes to immigration. But yet they didn't they didn't hack your election. It's funny. Who who acted? Oh, the Russians. Somebody who can pass. Somebody who looks like the majority. Somebody who, who you think would drink, think along the lines of majority. Because, hey, it pays to be white here, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys heard about the Chinese Exclusion Act. We'll be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the various... Uh, rules and regulations against other different types of of races here in this country, in terms of immigration, because I've it, I uh, well for for the st- for the state of Satan here, I feel a lot of these immigration laws are more so discriminatory than they are about protection of national security. And through this the the course of this series here, I'm gonna give you guys historical references course we're gonna be giving you dates names of course you're gonna know geographical locations by the time we are done here and we're gonna also know about these laws we're gonna learn about some of these laws and we're gonna know about how these laws came about is it national security or is it you don't belong here we'll find this out during the courses that's my goal for you guys because that's truly what I've come to the point of seeing Uh, Because, again, you feel some type of way when you're a a sophomore in high school and ICE shows up to your school coming to get your friends or coming to get people that you're going to school with. I hadn't met a drug dealer. I hadn't met a drug pusher at that point that was supposed to be illegal, supposed to be an immigrant. But here comes ICE. Trying to take any person that they can for what? And is if and isn't it funny how again we've let certain people take a pass here, and if it, it blows up in our face, our relations got hacked by people we wouldn't think would do that to us. But we're worried about this wall though. Alright, y'all, this was my intro. Uh, We're gonna get right into it in just a little bit. I will be starting off with the history. uh, Like I said, of course, I will be starting, this first series will be more so about the history of. well, first early history of California, who were the original hab- who the original habit- inhabitants were and the original the real original, uh, I guess you could call them immigrants, so to speak. We're going to be talk- talking about them as well we're talking about the Spanish of course. So we're going to break that down. We're also going to be talking a little bit about the mission system today as well. So uh we'll get right to it. I'm going to take a quick break though. I'll be right back. All right, y'all. I am back. Like I said, we're gonna descent deeper into some early American history and some California history as well, and uh, more notably, uh, some immigration history. Now, the immigration of California and pretty much the New World. uh, Actually, we'll start off with the New World because it took a while uh, for the Spanish to get to California. We'll explain why in a little bit. Uh, I'll explain why a little bit later. Uh, But pretty much the Spanish immigration and colonization uh, pretty much starts after. Mexico uh, by Hernan Cortes in 1521 the Spanish will end up exploring and conquering land in the southwest United States all the way to Florida and then down into the Andes uh, this brought them a contra- uh, contact and they ended up fighting and eventually uh, wiping out a lot of these cultures here uh, the Aztecs of the Mayas and the, uh, the Inca more notably uh, they pretty much wipe out the Aztecs the Mayas are still around the Incas are uh, if I'm not mistaken Uh, kaput as well Uh, we're not going to get all deep into them today of course this is about California Uh, but again like I said there's a lot of stuff going on before they actually get to California so let's just set this let's just set the table Uh, native uh, populations would be eradicated in all completely in Chile and parts of Argentina as well and as well as the Caribbean Uh, through this was through a combination of warfare slavery and of course smallpox uh, disease more known smallpox and actually syphilis uh that's a that was a big actually uh Syphilis took a huge rise in cases uh when it got to the new new world and with the native population they were n- not prepared for that uh particular disease right there and uh we'll get into some of the uh some of those numbers that dropped in just a second uh the spanish uh would eventually in these towns and eventually some of the cities that they will find uh more specifically in uh Florida I believe some of them will be saint Saint Augustine. uh and also in the southwest uh they part they did go into parts of texas they started off they started uh the mission system initially in in parts of texas i believe near the uh, rio Grande river also uh it sounds like san antonio that's where a lot of these towns get their names today Uh, very they go they go hand in hand with spanish and eventually uh, eventually excuse me uh mexican influence but uh, like I said, the Spanish would form a comiendas, and these were villi- villages basically grouped together, and they pr- produce uh cash, uh cash crops, and depending on where they're at, uh, it would be tobacco, coffee, and or sugar. Uh, again, this was all forced Indian labor, and they ended up being protected by the conquistadors, and therefore, they would have to work for the conquistador uh eventually they were set up well initially uh the spanish was set up a vice royalty system basically it was a tributary state don't really need to we don't really need to get into that right there just know that whatever they were doing which was mostly uh you know the the tilling of the land getting the cash crops and then also uh, a lot of people were forced to mine they were forced to mine either silver or also gold whatever special uh, whatever minerals uh, were out there as well Uh, eventually they would develop the Spanish would eventually develop a classism as you know any conquering power does Uh, at the top of this uh, pyramid you had the Creole who who were uh, Spanish people of Spanish descent that happened to be born in America they were put at the top they were pretty much given all you know any whatever tax breaks things like that uh they were also given uh, positions within the local government so on and so forth uh, you also have the mestizos uh these were eventually the, the people of Spanish descent excuse me that had eventually intermingled and bred uh well actually I don't want to use that word that sounds too weird uh, but that's what they would actually honestly if you if you look at some of the history that's kind of how they they uh wanted to do things they wanted they they would use these type of uh verbages and they would actually you know conduct how they did business a lot of these european cultures as though it was a breeding or something like that so really weird i don't like to use that word but kind of that's how they got down and this is how you have the mestizo class uh this is like i said the spanish and the native mix uh eventually when the native population started dying off it would be more of an african mix as well because of the slave. and that's also depending on what country uh you uh well yeah actually what country you ended up uh being in now of course this go and this is who this is is pretty much what the uh, composition of the Mexicans, also your salvadorians your Guatemalans, uh, the Belizeans, all the way down, even into South America. In a lot of cases, uh, like I said, with maybe the exception of maybe Chile, also Bolivia, who ha- which still has a very strong Amerindian presence, presence at I believe sixty percent, also in Argentina as well. That's been uh, Argentina has been pretty much Europeanized, but. Uh, Pretty much, a lot of these uh, groups that you've seen, uh, either Bra- even if we go uh, to the Portuguese side and start talking about the Brazilians as well, these are mixtures of the native, the the, the white, the, the white European, and in a lot of cases uh, later on it would be African as well. Uh, you also had, like I said, the strong uh, in a lot of, in a lot of places. Again, depending on where you're at, um, in terms of. G- uh geographically there will be s- still a strong native american population so they will be kept down just underneath the mestizos uh they weren't necessarily well and in a lot of cl- in a lot of cases yeah so in cases when there wasn't a lot of uh african slaves being brought into the mix or virtually uh when there was cases when there wasn't any like in california which we'll get to uh in a little bit just a little bit uh there was no african presence at all so there really w- it was just the mestizo and then the native population and they were the slaves they were the subjugated ones and it was like that for a long period of time even after uh statehood even after that California became a state uh the native american was pretty much uh at the whim to who whatever government was in charge uh i will get to uh the first instance of that in just a second in the 8 years uh after the initial spanish conquest even going back to uh, Columbus, Columbus's initial, uh, initial journey, the native population would drop, uh, dramatically. In the case of Mexico, uh, it would drop from 19 million to 2.5 million in Mexico. Uh, so that's just, that's just in one place. Um, also, the enslavement of Indians would lead to the, uh, basically end in 1542 with what we call the new laws. Uh, basically, and this is what I uh this is what i was saying with the example of the indians being at the whim of whoever was in charge the spanish government basically just said that uh they were a ward of the crown basically they were you know they really didn't have a class they really didn't have anybody to look over them and so therefore they were responsibility of the spanish crown so really they had no real distinct uh, distinction they're pretty much still in the lowest of rungs but the uh, Slavery, as we as they call it, was banned, but we'll get into how that came right back uh, in just a second. Um, also, uh, with that immigrant or well, with all that, you know, that native uh, drop off of native populations, uh, To make up for that, the Spaniards, uh, well, actually uh, uh, 1.8 million, uh, let's say that, uh, just to say for now, 1.8 million Spaniards would immigrate to America uh, during this time period. So uh, you can see definitely where Spanish immigration has pretty much made certain american populations made certain cities the way that they are already uh we haven't even gotten to uh the mexican independence or anything like that but definitely uh in the beginning uh at least in certain pockets of the u.s and of course in mexico i'm going to get to california in just a second uh they all you know they pretty much the first place to pretty much uh set up and do business uh would be uh the Spanish, pretty much. Uh, I will get into, and I think it's kind of interesting uh, that we do kind of, well, I thought it would be interesting if I kind of shared with you guys also in the course of this will be how the different European powers, just a little, just in terms of certain examples, just kind of how uh, or what factors led to each European uh, power um colonizing uh, America and what their method was. I won't be going into uh, any anybody else's colonization, but just I'll just be comparing the methods as opposed to what the, the Spanish were doing, because each of them ha- had a different route of of coming to the new world. Each of them had a new route, a uh, di- different route, excuse me, of navigating with the native populations and had a whole different purpose for even being here. Uh, so we'll get into that as well through the course of the series. But for now, I'm going to take another quick break and uh when i come back i'll be wrapping everything up uh with some calif some early californian history and then also we'll be going over the spanish mission system as well all right y'all i'll be right back all right y'all i am back and we're going to get into some early california history before i let you guys go today now california would uh eventually be discovered in 1539 well that is the uh the southern area that is known as baja now because the spanish explorers at that point this is after the discovery of the at least after the pacific ocean was at least put on a map uh it wasn't sailed yet but a a uh, cartographer had discovered it, you know, its existence, and it already named it at this point. So at this point in time, nobody had really, uh, at least knowingly, uh, been sailing in the Pacific, the uh, Pacific Ocean. This time, Uh, that like I said, this would eventually lead to discovery of Baja California, and since it was the only place uh, that was able to be, uh, you know, uh, I guess navigated or landed upon and explored at the time, uh, California was originally thought to be an island. Now, there's also a a legend of California that dates back, I think, at least a a, a couple, maybe another hundred years before uh, its initial discovery, uh, that talked about an island full of black women, uh, full of Amazon Amazonian beautiful black women that were warriors and so on and so forth well of course they didn't find that there but of course there were native peoples there and uh speaking of those native peoples there were over 300,000 of them in the entire state uh just yeah just, well it could be a little bit over that uh there's some uh estimates that go maybe a half a million uh i'm i, I wasn't there so i don't know but from, from what i've been told it was about 300 about 300 uh thousand uh Ameri- uh, Native Americans there speaking over a hundred uh, sorry hundred and thirty-five different languages now uh the tribes were, of course, spread out through all the different parts of the state. In the northwest, uh, near the near the mountains, uh, near Mount Shasta, you had tribes such as the Yuki, Carrack, and Wiyot. Uh, these were fishing societies. They had they either used nets, they also used canoes as well to travel up the rivers as well. Uh, they also would travel to the coast. Now, mind you, uh, some of these tribes, they may spend a lot of their time in this specific area, but a lot of them, uh, they moved around a lot. Uh, to different regions they had a lot of different range amongst each other I guess because the Bay Area and just California in general has so many different microclimates that it allows you to do you know have so much freedom. Uh I think it goes back even to those people there. They they must experience a lot of that as well. Now along the coast you have the Poma the Lily Ock uh you also have the Me Walk around Marin County. Uh they gather shellfish and we're into the healing arts um I don't know exactly all that consists of, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's into medicine, cleaning. Uh, One fact that blew my mind away, uh, especially being that, well, for all my Berkeley people, for all my barrier people, I'm pretty sure you guys know about the bathhouses out there on Ashby and all that. But apparently, uh, the Native American tribes would also do something similar as well. They had steam houses. They would all come together and... uh, they they live well first of all a lot of these tribes live communally uh so they will be into again like i said they are into the healing art so they were into cleanliness they cleaned they clean themselves uh they were into purifying their bodies and that's one of the things that they did so it's funny that uh the tribes you know we, there's a there's a there's a bathhouse or a hot tub place near uh well, pretty much around the same culture, you know, in the same area of people thousands of years ago, pretty much doing the same thing. I always thought that, I thought that was funny when I found that out, uh, but again, these people, you know, they were, again, they were, uh, peaceful societies, they lived pretty much, like I said, they, they traveled a lot, they had a long range, so they were coming into a, con- they, they were coming into contact with each other frequently, uh, but there was no evidence of mass, uh, violence between each other, no real warfare, uh, no real, uh, anything a real dominant culture that uh pretty much controlled uh vast areas of land they were not sedentary so uh that lifestyle uh was not was non-existent like i said there was no war mongering amongst them they pretty much just stayed in peace and then smaller groups groups on top of that um uh, again like i said california would eventually uh Well, because of its difficulty uh, to get to in terms of a shoreline and trying to navigate that, of course, you had uh, various instances in which Spanish explorers would actually... Miss uh, certain uh, certain areas uh, such as the San Francisco Bay entirely. It end up in Oregon. This happened at least a, on a couple different voyages. Uh, I know Sir Francis Drake uh, would discover what is now called Drake's Bay uh, sometime in the fifteen hundreds. But again, no settlement. It just kind of went in and went out. Uh, but no real settlement of the area until six, uh, 1769 uh, with the start of the mission system. Now, the uh, the mission system, of course, was founded by priest uh, Junipero, uh, Junipero Serra, and uh, this was in San. what became to be San Diego. This was the first mission. Uh, this was called San Diego de Acala. Uh, again, eventually, uh, they would develop 21 of these missions, and many of these missions would end up becoming the towns you know of today, Uh, such as for one, you have Mission San Carlos del Borromeo de Carmelo in 1770, then you also got Mission San Francisco de Asis, aka Mission Mission Dolores, which also became the modern day city of, guess what, San Francisco. You also got Mission San Jose, Uh, they put that up in 17, uh, I think that was 1774, and you also got the last one um in eighteen twenty three mission San Francisco de solano and that's in uh so sonoma county if i'm not mistaken so uh they pretty much uh decided uh once they established the first uh the first in san diego they decided to travel up north uh juniper cerro was also uh escorted by a spanish soldier uh by the name of gaspar de portola uh now he also helped out he brought i think he brought about 60 soldiers with him and they will also create a presidio as a presidio as well and the presidio is pretty much a military fort uh, Spanish just a Spanish word for military fort so they were fortify, uh, fortify those and uh and would pretty much um, you know you know set themselves in for you know potential battles with indians now because now now mind you these indian tribes well i don't want to use the word indian but these native tribes uh, lived amongst each other in relative peace uh but they were not necessarily a fan of the spanish coming in especially uh, one of the main tribes that did a lot of the that, that engaged in the majority of the fighting was the kumash around the central coast they were not having it uh they frequently fought against the, the spanish soldiers and also against uh the not the presidios but they would also engage with the sorry the missions as well Uh, the missions had eventually armed themselves with up to seven soldiers at each one just to make sure uh, that nothing happened and eventually uh, because of the fires that many of the indians would set to Again, I don't want to use that word. Many of the natives were set to the roofs. It led to the uh, the use of uh, Spanish tile roofing, uh, which would pretty much eliminate all fires and pretty much protect. You know, try. You know, keep keep some protection going in terms of the the uh, the, the mission. Uh, but again. Like I said, uh, natives would eventually be baptized and they were taught Catholicism. And in return, they were forced to then stay in the mission by force, uh, just as though it was slavery. And they were forced to work the land. Uh, and also, they were they worked uh, on the forms. Like I said, uh, they did building maintenance and they also did leather working. And depending on what, uh, you know, just, and it all depended on what the mission, you know, was all about, what the mission wanted to do. Now, some of them produced wine, so they'll be into, you know, that process as well. So they were you could say that they were given uh religion and all that but really it was an extinction of that slavery remember what i said with the new law in 1524 uh slavery was supposed to be outlawed however the native population was just considered to be a ward of the the court really who had no rights and uh pretty much that just set them up to be to be slaves and uh that's pretty much how uh the the mission used and i i i get it uh they you know they i well they're they, what they'll say on the surface is they're trying to promote uh spanish culture they're trying to promote uh catholicism that's what you know the friar would say you know the the padre would say uh the spanish government was would would say but in reality this is what was going on The New World, other pockets of the New World were simply developing and other European forces were coming in and uh this is what was going on they were spreading out they were spreading at this time this is still the 1700s so they weren't necessarily spreading out in terms of the west the western states yet uh but definitely in the south uh we're talking about the area this is talking we're talking about right at the start of but yeah we're the 13 colonies uh right before independence we're talking about 167 1769 when this originally started uh or excuse me yeah seventeen sixty nine when this originally started this is right before uh I'm sorry, this is right before the the, the call for independence in America in the thirteen colonies uh seventeen seventy four uh that's when the mission uh San francisco was established so san francisco as as what we know today was established a year of independence as a um as a spanish you know like i said missionary so I, I, of course historically or we you know when we look on our put on our rose colored glasses yes they want to promote Catholicism so on and so forth but like I said they wanted to move into that interior uh they wanted to get more into Mexico into Texas because again they're seeing these other European nations uh you know develop develop these these societies as well and taking a blend they're understanding that they're moving west that's that's the idea and also at the time uh the spanish is on even at this point it's starting to lose steam it's starting to lose a lot of its uh, luster as a real uh, power in the in the in the world uh, because silver uh, the silver production is dropping off the value of silver is going down too and a lot of their gold deposits were drying up in a lot of their country that they conquered as well so uh, they saw the writing on the wall uh, I saw it as you know on fur- on further review going back and, and just and just realizing really in all reality the treatment of these slaves the treatment uh, And just in general, how it came to be, in my opinion, it was a land grab. It was a way to more explore... Uh, the new world without bringing a a strong you know soldier uh, or army presence with you uh and again i there you know northern california you know for or, or california in general for their part uh what help them out in terms of navigating at least the the mission system was that this was probably the least inhabited well in terms of square mile and you know just who a lot of people you're going to come a, a contact with there wasn't a whole lot of people to come in contact with. there was only about 300,000 people here they were all eventually spread out now mind you after the after the initial boom of the um of the, of the mission system which which came with was was which came with mexican independence uh after the mission system ended there were only about 20,000 native americans left so at that point there wasn't a whole lot of uh again and when they were finding a uh well, what i from what i came across information that i came across during that trip up north to establish all the missions they were not coming into a con- into constant contact with a whole lot of people so i'm i'm guessing they didn't feel the need to uh you know expand you know i guess you know devastatingly or just you know kill a whole lot of people because again they weren't facing a whole lot of resistance they were pretty much able I, well what i will say is initially now once they once once the native population started to realize oh we're not getting out of here they're not letting us out of here we're getting sick from these people then it became an issue but at that point in time you know the missions already had you know they had their setup they had their soldiers with the guns they also had presidios uh within you know within some, within the vicinity to help them out so There wasn't, at that point, there wasn't so much uh, a native insurgents can do. But again, like I said, the Spanish biggest worry was the other European the other European nations on the rise, and also America uh, also being on the rise. In my next episode, I'm going to get more into that. I'm going to be talking about the development of the United States kind of simultaneously uh, because this would shape what would go on in California as well. And I'll talk about a new group of immigrants in California. I'll be talking about y'all white folk. Oh yeah, we're going to talk about Sacramento, we're going to be talking about John Sutter, we're talking about the American River, what went down there, Uh, and we're going to also talk about the discovery of gold as well. So, Oh, and on top of that, we're going to get to uh, Mexican Independence because this is... um, this is kind of where we start drawing the lines of, of immigration. This is when immigration is starting to get an issue, become uh, an issue in some of these places. So this is the first instance of that. It's the first instance of border security. We'll start talking about that. And we'll start talking about who the original culprits of this were or the original illegal immigrants were. So we'll get to that in my ne- next episode, too. As far as my original series, of course, Never out of bounds, that has not stopped, of course. I just put in some time for this uh, special project of mine. Uh, Again, we will have a, a new episode of that Tomorrow night I'll be going over the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. Again, we will break it down. Some playoff talk. I need to talk some, uh, some 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 standings. We'll go over some some NBA scores as well, and there's probably some NFL news to go over as well. Uh, so we'll, we we will be back tomorrow night. As far as this series goes, um, I'm gonna take my time. Uh, when I have it, when I'm getting notes together for the next episode as we speak. So when I'm ready for it i'll let you guys have it uh but for now i'm gonna let you guys take this one uh see how you feel about it uh again if you like to talk to me about it if you like to you know engage with me of course i am on instagram at l jamal johnny that is e l j a m a h a d j a n i that is the same for the facebook as well if you would like to take a chance to help help me out donate a little bit i am on paypal as well uh l jamal uh j a of course that is e l j a m a h you can also hit me up on cash app as well uh, again if you looking to get more in touch with me you can also hit up my email on top of that that is e l uh J. Butler, B-U-T-L-E-R, 75, at com. Thank you. This is another edition, or this is a special edition of Never Out of Bounds. And uh, you know what? Peace out. One love. And if anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Y'all have a good one.